When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. I want to thank everybody who's checking out the episode, especially you all who listen in every single week, multiple times a week, as we do release new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you're not a subscriber and this is your kind of thing... Hit that subscribe button. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you like to get your podcasts from. We'll deliver new and uh, new interviews to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover new ones and know what's happening in the music world. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today I'm going to be talking with John Doe of X. The legendary band have reunited. Well, they reunited a few years ago, but now have finally put out new music for the first time in decades with a blazing, amazing new record called Alphabet Land. John and I are going to talk about what it took to record new music. You know, for a while, it was something that they said would never happen. And then we'll get into writing about culture on the edge and moments of crisis, something that they have tackled many times over their careers, but something that is, uh, well, it's definitely poignant, uh, maybe more than ever right now and, and, and today. In fact, it's it's always impressive how they can still conjure that fire that they've got inside them. And we talk about that still being furious, uh, taking on racism and gentrification. Uh, of course, racism that goes all the way back to X's first record, Los Angeles. In, in fact, there is there is a word that was used in that uh, in that in that song that John talks about why they used it then, why they don't use it now. And we'll get into uh, also on the new record. They decided to to re-record a trio of older songs. I want to know why that is. Hear about how he and Exine Cervenka still influence each other, and have some fun with the uh, highway culture in rock music. It was something that used to happen a lot. Doesn't much happen anymore, but it definitely happens on this record right here. So let's jump into it. Talking about this record called Alphabet Land. It's Kyle Meredith with John Doe of X. Hello, John Doe. Well, first off, it's been so awesome to have new music from X. Uh, I, I don't. I know I'm. I'm far from the only person saying that. It was nice having you all back on tour and seeing those shows. You were here in Louisville at the Mercury not too long ago, but to have this record, and it's furious in the best possible way. Like you never know how something like that's going to turn out. 
And I, and I thought we'd kind of start with the obvious stuff because it wasn't always a given that you all were going to do a record, right? I mean, th- this happened somewhat recently? Uh, we've been working on it for about a year, but it's been in between touring and, and uh, you know, we had to write songs. So, no, it was definitely not in the cards. I mean, I was tr- I would usually, if someone would ask, I'd try to be coy and say, oh, well, you never know, you know, and some crap like that. But... <laughs> but uh, I think we were all uh, skeptical at, at best because, you know, we probably got in our heads a little bit like, oh, God, is it going to be as uh, as good? And will the, you know, chemistry still be there? And, you know, the probably Billy and DJ are thinking like, oh, God, what if John and Xene write a bunch of crappy songs? And, <laughs> and then what are we going to do? But it's it's kind of like filling in the blanks. You know, Xene and I aren't going to start writing songs if there's no place for them to go. Once we worked with Rob Schnaff, who's the producer, um, back in, what, 2017, 2018, he mixed the Live in South America, X Live in South America. Mm. And we liked it, and and people liked it. And then we did some recording in February of 2019, and we did three older songs, kind of, you know, hedging our bets, like, oh, well, at least we know how these go. We didn't, you know, we never made a good recording of these. And we did one new song, and, and lo and behold, it sounded like us. So, cool. I was maybe April or March of uh, 2019, Xene and I got busy wor- working on songs. Her sending me lyrics, you know, me kind of thrashing around, finding a general idea of what to do. And then we recorded, we rehearsed in December and November, and then recorded in January, February, and kind of ended up at the very you know, last minute uh, before the pandemic shutdown happened. Um, I was in I was in L.A. on February on uh, March 13th. Friday the 13th was kind of the last day that <laughs> that I was part of the X world while Rob was mixing. Just crazy how how, how it all lined up like that. And I, I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning. You know, being coy with interviewers too, because as you know. For all the artists who are in a similar situation than you that that had, you know, some kind of legendary or or whatever, uh, you know, act um, that they've had to be to answer for all throughout their career. At at least this must take some of that weight off that, you know, that question's not coming at the end of the interview. Like, oh, what about (laughs) what about us? Like, that's not happening now. (laughs) Oh, you know, no, what does happen is like. So when are you going to record again? Or how about the knitters? And it's like, good God, I just gave, you know, we just did this thing. Can you just say, you know, or you play a gig in, in some place you haven't been maybe in a, a few years, like, mm-hmm. like Louisville. And so, and the invariably some at the end of the night, gonna go, so when are you coming back? I'm like, I don't know. I just be happy for a moment. Will you? God almighty. Um, but, but I also give, uh, I also give fat possum our record company, some credit, which I, I, it feels weird, you know, thanking your record company because I actually like these guys, uh, which usually, it, it, you know, it ends up being a, a love hate relationship, but these guys are awesome. You know, they came to us like right after the record had been mastered and two weeks after, uh, I think it got mastered on April 9th. You know, that's my brother's birthday. We'll say it was April 9th. And, um, they said two weeks later, they said, look, let's put this out. We don't know what's happening. We don't know when the record pressing plant's going to be up. You know, we don't know when the printer is going to be up to full speed. Let's just do it. Put it on Bandcamp. It'll be punk rock. It'll be cool. And mm-hmm. we thought for two minutes and said, yes, let's just 
freaking go for it. Which uh, was the best news. I mean, I remember getting that email. I was like, hey, dude, X is going to have a new record. It's like, of course, we had the single last year with Delta 88, which, you know, we loved playing and everything. But I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that there would be more, you know, and I, it should have been obvious. But uh, but it was nice kind of getting that full thing like that. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it gave people uh, something to just jump around the living room to, you know, it, and, and I was really glad that I didn't, um, or we didn't, make some statement song or, you know, some dirge kind of like, oh, this is going to be the five-minute song that's going to close out the record. It turns out that we had, you know, Exene just reading that poem, uh, that spoken word piece at the end was, and she had written that, I don't know, in 2019 sometime. But it's, it's not surprising because we've written about subjects like what's on the record since we started. Things that are, you know, culture on the edge, a character on the edge, you know, things in a in a moment of crisis and stuff like that. So just, uh, yeah, things change and and a, and, a, and a event that is important to your life, like, you know, someone passes away or you get your heart broken. And then every song is about that to you. It's like, oh, my God, that's about right. <laughs> right. It's interesting. And I don't exactly know. You know, I couldn't, I don't, I, I don't think I, of course, I don't have the liners right now to know exactly who wrote what lyrics, but I think from what I've read, it's interesting the way some of the songs that you might have written versus her still really talk to each other. Like, if she's your duet partner, even the songs are almost like duet partners. And, and I'll, I'll name two instances I noticed on the record. Uh, Star Chambered into Angel on the Road, you've got this whole Angel Wings thing going on. And then at the year, at the end of the record, you have Goodbye Year into All the Time, which which seems like, again, you know, if these are both coming from both of you, how amazing that it's all just lined up like that well if we're not going to influence each other then who will you know <laughs> it's like uh, i mean after 40 some years and and i yeah we just we, we grew up together mm -hmm. so we we taught each other how to sing um it's why i always on um, solo stuff i i usually have a uh, another person usually a woman singing with me because it's like you're getting two sides of the story but you're you're right <clears throat> xine did write most of the lyrics to Star Chambered and Angel on the Road. And I kind of added a few things here and there. I wrote most of the words on Goodbye Year Goodbye, and she wrote the whole thing. Of, um, but it's like I said, some cataclysmic event happens, and then suddenly you're, you have added meaning to something that had meaning before. It just, I, <laughs> I wish it wasn't so on the nose sometimes. Right. It's like, oh, really? I mean, I'm talking to the universe saying, hey, universe, you remember when I said I'd like to spend a little more time at home? <laughs> didn't mean it I like didn't, this. I didn't, mean I, want, I didn't mean I want to spend all the time, like forever, at home. It's okay. Please. It's, uh, it, yeah. it, but it's interesting, though, because, because as you're saying, the songs speak to now. They weren't written for now, uh, which is to say, like, it's almost like the songs now represent two versions of bad in some ways, you know, it's like a, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but it seems like it's, it's doubling down on the bad parts uh, of, of, uh, of the themes, I suppose. Yeah, in a way. I mean, the Goodbye Year song actually gives me kind of hope because they're, because like, I'm looking forward into the next New Year's Eve, which is basically the, the day or if there has to be a day that song takes place, it would be then because it was written, I don't know, November, December. 2019 just looking back on that year saying okay you know good stuff happened but bad stuff happened challenging but rewarding all these different things and it's usually 
that are happening at the same time. It, it's kind of reflecting on a whole era of, you know, just a thousand people getting into a room and jumping around or whatever. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's all bad. Yeah. No, it's, it, and, and somebody, I, I think I heard on the radio or read somewhere, like you're going to have nostalgic moments, but the most productive way is to just think about like good times you had in the past rather than what you're missing yeah. uh, or what's not happening, you know, and just to, to, to reminisce on, on how good it was. Well, I think one of the most impressive things about this record, for me at least, that I heard immediately was, especially taking from what you're saying too right now, it's that none of this seemed like it was coming from a forced place. Like if, you know, this this is a, this is a punk rock record. And to <laughs> me, punk needs fury or, or it's fake. And, and it doesn't seem fake. And I wonder... You know, for you, you know, the Los Angeles record is 40 years old this year. Are you able to conjure that type of fury from the same place? And obviously, you know, I'm not exactly talking about a song like like Goodbye, Your Goodbye or anything like that. But on those on those heavier moments, you know, do you have to go to a similar place or is it different now for you? Uh, it's similar in because you're still frustrated with the power structure that hasn't changed, you know, on. Los Angeles, when we're using the N-word and talking about someone losing their common sense, it's because there's racism. This whole country is built on racism, and it's really effed up, and it, it, it's tragic, and it makes me furious. On this record, maybe the angriest would be the, the song Free, which I wish that, uh, you know, like Pussy Riot would, would cover. <laughs> it's written for all my, you know, sisters. It's written for all the for my daughters and, and my partners and, and things like that. Because, you know, just because you're a woman, you get paid less. Just because you're a woman, you're, you're discounted. Because you're a woman, people talk over you, you know, uh, or, or don't listen to you or then listen to you and then repeat what you said louder. And then you're given the credit as the white supremacist, you know, patriarch. It's just, it's horrible. And it's, it's different. It's a different because maybe because it's you know it added forty years of of, of damn it right it's expressed frustration it's stuff like you gotta say it you gotta say it you gotta mean it you gotta um like support your if, if someone says something that that is untoward or or borderline whatever you know you just gotta say hey hey man that doesn't fly you can't say that. You can't call someone Oriental. Right. You know, right. that's like, you can't do that. It's like, that was then, this is now. And, you know, nowadays when we sing Los Angeles, we sing, um, she started to hate every Christian and Jew, mm. replacing the the, mm -hmm. the N-word. Because, I mean, when, when I wrote that line, and when I, when I wrote it, it was like, hey, man, here's a mirror. You want to look in it? Because this is what's happening in the United States of America in 1978. Check it out. People are still using this word and they mean it and it's, it's not right. But if you sing it now, then you're you're really leaving yourself open for misinterpretation. And and I, I don't want to go there. I, I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to have to defend myself. So fine. Right. Things have changed. I'm not I'm not singing that word. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's dicey though. That's a that's a dicey. Like, uh, are you are you being censored? That's a dicey. But I'm willing to to yeah. I'm yeah. willing to go there so so I don't offend people and I I don't get in some kind of discussion I don't want to get into. Well, it's it, it, it it's sort of like for me where where punk meets folk. I mean. You know, folk was never afraid to change. You know, who who said that songs couldn't evolve just because they were cemented in a time and period? 
you know, a, a song right. like that sounds like it, it, it did evolve in the best ways. Yeah. And there's a, there's a great, um, if anyone's going to Tulsa, Oklahoma in the somewhat uncertain future, <laughs> uh, there's the Woody Guthrie Center, and there's a whole thing on Woody Guthrie realizing that some of the old folk songs that he sang were, were racist. And, and he was like, holy moly, I can't do that. That's not me. And, he, and he, there's a beautiful letter that he wrote to some, some kid, African-American in Harlem or something like that, saying, holy crap, thank you for pointing this out to me. Uh, you've changed my life. And, and it's, yeah. If, uh, if only more people could be that open-minded and, and, and admit, you know, wrong. Because that's, that's one of the biggest problems, right, is that people, that, that stubborn, stupid pride where, you know, they, yeah. they stake it and then that's, 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 that's forever. But I would say, you know, you, you, you said something earlier about not being forced, and, and I'll give ourselves a, a tiny bit of credit for playing to our strengths and to be and, and not um, and to get getting over the uh, logical part and, and of our brains and being more intuitive, because that's where it's at. I mean, anytime you hear a little voice say, yep, that's the right thing to do, then do that. <laughs> and anytime you hear a, a voice, an inner voice saying, I don't know, that doesn't seem right. Don't do it. And, you know, in the in the rehearsing and songwriting and, and uh, the way that all this was built, we trusted our intuition. And, and it's hard sometimes to play to your strengths. Like if I say to you, OK, man, what's your best three qualities? And you're going like, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh. Right. <laughs> but then you're on your spot. What, what's the best part of your band? Like, uh, I don't know. We got double vocals. Okay, cool. Do that one. You know, and uh, uh, Billy plays good rockabilly licks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard to kind of break it down like that, you Mm -hmm. know. And so, but but we we tried. You know, we we tried and we we did. We didn't like we didn't worry about oh is this which is a mental exercise. Is this evolved? Are we evolved enough? It's like not broken don't fix it just do more of that and and it's going to get you off and it's going to get people off and they're going to say hey man this is right on this fits so so even if even if you all are sounding like yourselves it's it ends up becoming the record for now just as much as ever i mean that's yeah i i agree i completely agree yes. the, the, with that said that there are three songs that you did choose to take from you know the past whether it's the back catalog or or unreleased you know stuff that really hadn't been released uh, to re-record it why those specific three songs was there something about them that did speak to now or you know, just one of those artist things where it's like, oh, I wish I could have done that song better because <laughs> there's always one of those. Probably the latter. Yeah. You know, we did Cyrano de Berger's back on, on the See How We Are record and it was a arrangement that we worked up with Al Cooper and Al Cooper's a, a genius and but I we didn't really feel like that was the, the best version and there was another version of it on a anthology that we did in 99 and yeah, whatever. Let's just let's do it again. And it also was kind of an entry point when we first recorded in February of, 19, of 2019. It's like, okay, we've got one new song. We've got three old songs. Let's, we know how the three old songs are supposed to sound and they're going to probably sound like us. So let's try those. And, uh, but they turned out good. And Billy got to play saxophone on Tierno the Berger's back. And, and we got to, I, I rewrote the lyrics to, I got a fever, which is like, oh boy. Talk about timely. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but it was originally I got a heater because I was enamored with film noir and Los Angeles and thought, oh, I'll do this as a kind of exercise. It'll be fun. But it was about someone kind of looking for sanctuary, kind of breaking into somebody's apartment with a gun. And it's like, oh, I don't want to. That doesn't ring true. That was then. That was being, you know, uh, being kind of controversial and, and, and you know, sensational, uh, which was part of the, that era. I don't want to do that. So I changed it to I Got a Fever. It's still about sanctuary and stuff. But um, yeah, that's why. That's um, I Got a Fever. That's the one that we ended up going with at FPK. That It's heavy rotation, that single right now. It's it's my favorite. I love it. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, Something about you. that one. Uh, and, and but hearing you know, I said we played Delta eighty eight as well when it came out. Hearing that, and, and there's a few moments on the record, a couple moments um, at least, where you know you you are singing about I don't know I'm gonna broadly call it highway culture. It's one of those moments where I thought that sort of disappeared in rock music, you know, for whatever reason. It used to be a thing, you know, whether you counted on it or not. It was just always sort of around there, a little bit of highway culture thrown in with rock music, and it's. It's almost sort of gone. I don't know. Have you noticed that? Uh, I can't say that I have, but now that you mention it, I probably will. <laughs> I'll have to call you back. Uh, I'll get back to you. Uh, Please do. Please do. Kyle bringing the, like, oh, now I'm going to see a green car because you said green is a green um, So many green cars nowadays. I, you know, we spend a lot of time on the road, and yeah. and uh, it's it's sort of a well-worn metaphor you know the road of life and things like that but it's true and and it if you pick out kind of good images they're there and 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 it it is uh yeah it is something that we we still experience uh, well it's a it's it's a nice avenue to um i don't know it always paints a picture because if if you're singing about the car yeah. you're singing about the landscape and when you're singing about the landscape i get to visit there with you that's i think that's why i like those those type of songs, you know. Well, it's a it's driving in a car, uh, you know, not to add to greenhouse gases and so forth, but it's a great way to listen to music because your your vision is occupied. You kind of, you've got to concentrate on the road, but your ears are open because mm-hmm. you know you, you don't necessarily have to talk because there's something going on. But I'd I'd say with Delta eighty eight, it, it was uh, we wanted to include it because it was kind of a, a wonderful moment when Axine and I realized that uh, <laughs> that gentrification could happen. Uh, back in probably 77 or 78, we had both read Cannery Row by John Steinbeck and thought, oh, that's just right up the highway. You know, that's like a four-hour, five-hour drive up to Monterey. So we went up there thinking maybe there'd be some remnants of, you know, the canneries and some, and it had all been turned into like freaking malls and there was a bunch of rich white people <laughs> I was like oh no we're the bums we're the bums on cannery row we're the bohemians these are a bunch of like bourgeois no goodness <laughs> we're, we're the cool kids <laughs> we're with you steinbeck you know yeah let's we're with you mac and duck it, one of those yeah. moments that, that seems to talk to other moments as we were talking about earlier on the record too because uh, i mean water and wine that's sort of all about class divide, right? And and, and California. Yes. I mean, you, you talk about California where you guys came up. I mean, that seems like it's always been strong there, but I hear the way I hear about it now it even seems especially stronger. You know, when you when you hear about San Francisco, you hear about the super rich and the homeless population. You know, and and yes. I, I don't know if you can still speak to that. I mean, it, you know, 
Uh, are you still based in California or are you down in Texas? I was trying to remember that. Um, yeah, I live in Austin. I yeah. moved here about three years ago. I don't know. I, I don't think you can single out California for, for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be like saying, well, what about the people that, that have the fancy boxes at the Kentucky Derby? Sure. Um, there, there's kind of money, and then there's people who are, you know, subsisting on food stamps and government assistance. I, I think it's just a, a capitalism, mm-hmm. you know, with the, you know, like Bernie has been saying, it's socialism for the rich. Right. They're, they're the ones who are, who are getting a lot of a lot of the, the real government uh, tax breaks and things like that. So it's maybe because San Francisco is so compact, you know, it's just like a seven mile uh, island. And um, yeah, I, I like to I lived there up in the Bay Area for about 10 years and it was great. It was a little cold, uh, a little, you know, moist and chill. But, um, yeah, beautiful people, beautiful area. And it was expensive as hell. That's one of the reasons I moved to Austin. Well, Austin's fantastic. It's been a couple of years since I've been there. But I, I completely understand the allure uh, of a town like that. And, yeah. Yeah, Austin, Austin and Louisville and Tulsa all have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like real city, but it's not overwhelming. And, uh, and you can get around so people hang out. Yeah, it seems to suit you. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it a lot. It's really nice. Well, John, uh, I, I got to compliment you again on, on this record with Alphabet Land. Uh, you know, as a wrap up here, it's it's just so good to hear you guys. And and I'm happy with this record right now. You know, I don't have to ask you when the next one's come about because, you know, I'm satisfied at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dam is broken, Kyle. So <laughs> it means that we can do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm we're, why not? Uh, and and maybe this time we'll have a high concept record about uh, something. I'm not sure. X's rock opera. We already wrote the <laughs> we, yeah. We already wrote the quarantine records. So now what are we gonna do? <laughs> it's, it's the people record. Did that. Next. It's, it's the people record. That's what comes next. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna write the let's get back together, people. Jesus. <laughs> Well, John, it's always such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I'm, I'm so happy to hear you guys are back, and hopefully sooner or later we'll get to uh, see this show on the road as well. So uh, so thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks for uh, for having fun with uh, with talking on the radio. Sometimes these things are not fun, and, and you make it fun, and it's a good time. Oh, Your listeners are, uh, are lucky, and, and keep it up. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You bet. We'll see you we'll around. talk to you in the future. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. My thanks to John Doe X. The new record is called Alphabet Land, and it's not the first time John and I have spoken. In fact, we've spoken a few times over the years, but I thought I would include one of those times right here. Now, we actually have to go back a few years. 2014, he had uh, stopped in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, right here in our studios to talk about his new greatest hits disc. Well, new at that time. Uh, His next solo record and what was happening with the legendary band X at that point We also got his thoughts on politics for that time, which is really interesting, of course, to listen to now, uh, with also subjects uh, like equality in music, wanting to work with uh, Debbie Harry and St. Vincent. I leave you with part two of Kyle Meredith with John Doe. Hey, Kyle. Good to see you. How you been? Same here. Yeah, I'm good. Got a lot going on. You've always got a lot going on. Got to keep busy. Have to keep the John Doe Corporation solvent. (laughs) I mean, I, I'll, I, I might bust your chops just a little bit of saying that, uh, you know, it's now been, what, on the third year that we uh, haven't got a, a solo record uh, keeper back in uh, 2011, but it's not like you haven't been busy. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm trying. Um, you know, 
um, I, I do have a best of right. coming out this right. year. Uh, and I'm, I did some recording with Hal Gelb in Tucson. Mm-hmm. Hal Gelb of Giant Sand, and, mm-hmm. and Tucson has that great studio, Wave Lab, which Nico, uh, Nico Case, Calexico. and Calexico, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Hal, and um, uh, Iron and Wine did some stuff with Calexico there. It's, it's just got great distance. It, it's like the desert. Yeah. Good reverbs and and uh, yeah, it's just it's cool. So it, this is a stuff for a new album, or this is like yeah. other stuff for the best of. Are you um, doing like the new tracks on the best of or anything like that? Um, I resisted that. That's good because there were so many to pick from. I mean, I I realized you know a few people like the producer Dave Way that I worked with for a long time and um, Eddie Vedder were were saying you know you got to do a best of and like, yeah okay and then with that last keeper uh, record. I realized I did more solo records than X did studio records. It's funny when it gets to that point. Like, Whoa, well, that's, well, all right. I guess maybe it won't. It was hard. Yeah. You know, it's hard to cut it down to like 22 songs when you've got, um, you know, 100. That's why they have the deluxe editions now. Yeah. Well, we started, we, we actually, for this best of, we started with, uh, with saying, okay, we're going to do a, a double vinyl. Mm-hmm. Double, you know, like gatefold. It's mm-hmm. like... Flashback Something to really the pretty. Flashback to the 70s. Yeah. And um, so the, the vinyl will have more tracks than the CD. So it's a scary <laughs> moment for some artists, putting together that greatest hits. Uh, I, I can hear that. I mean, it's supposed to be <laughs> celebratory, right? But you, yeah, but but you hear about those artists that are like, oh, I can't do the greatest hits. We can't do that yet. No, see, I have no problem with that. <laughs> I don't have even one hit. <laughs> I have, I, it's like the, the greatest could have been. Or, what did Joni Mitchell have, like, misses? Yeah, hits and misses. Hits and misses. Yeah, I think but, Peter Gabriel um, did something the same thing. Although. Yeah, and this is called uh, This Far. This Far. So it's not like a, a career ender. It's just like, okay, this is up to this point. Yeah, so. I always thought it was um, almost uh, a little bit, like, superstitious when I would see, like, new artists. After having, like, four records out, they do volume one of the greatest hits. And that was almost like you'll never hear from them again. It's not going to happen. Yeah. If you're four albums in, you have a greatest hit. You're never going to hear from them again. Oh, poor things. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I did, did like four or five tracks with Hal, and uh, he was producing, and, and we got some of the musicians from, from Giant Sand and, and um, Cole- no, they're no Colexico guys, but, yeah. Yeah. So, working on it. And that's always the thing. You, you always put together this pretty awesome band that, that backs you up. Uh, the other side, uh, is, uh, is, is there the girl this time around? I know you kind of go through and every album has its own female voice that you're <clears throat> paired with. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go for Beyonce. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? No. No, it's working for everybody uh, else. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I just try to use people that I've kind of fallen in love with, male or female, Yeah. Um, that I met and worked with. I'm, I'm really trying to, to figure out a song I can get Debbie Harry to sing on. Oh, that'd be great. Are you, and, are you touring with Blondie? Did I read that? X and Blondie yeah. did a tour oh, that was it, yeah. uh, in September. Wow. It was so fun. Yeah. And, and Debbie Harry is just awesome. So is Chris Stein and Clem. Uh, I mean, they're the three originals that are, that are still there. Yeah. <clears throat> they're all just totally engaged. And yeah. they're, they're working on new songs at sound checks and things like that. And I'm just thinking that's, you know, two. I'm thinking like, I want to do that. Come on. Come on. <laughs> we can do it. X. I mean, well, that's the thing. You both come from the similar areas. And, you know, it's, that's Blondie and yourself, two artists that um, have that history but aren't resting on it. 
Yeah. Although I, I wonder that about X sometimes. Like, what is X to you at this point? Is it, you know, is it <laughs> the way to make money? Is it, you know, because you know the fans want to hear it and you can do it and it's easy? Yeah. Or is there a point where you say, let's do something and let's, let's you know, let's be a relevant band and not just a heritage act? Well. With no disrespect, obviously, because no, I love no. X's catalog. No, I, I, I dig. Yeah. Um, that's a hard question, <laughs> Kyle. And one that can't be answered. I, it could. I, imagine right now. I don't know if I can answer it diplomatically. Um, I tell you what, is, is that we do X because people want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do make money. Um, it's sort of like putting a, uh, an investment in a, in a bank sure. years ago. And now we can reap some dividends from it. <clears throat> so I don't feel bad about that because there's plenty of people that, that invest a lot into their art, into a band or, or whatever, and it goes for a little while and then it's like, Wah. yeah, right. And it's out. <clears throat> um, nowadays, I think people are, uh, you know, we have a lot of young people that come to the shows and they, they want to see something that is a true hybrid that has some history and has some legacy to it. And, and we still, Play hard and play loud and mm -hmm. fast and <clears throat> and it's good. I mean, I I wouldn't do it if it, if it was m like much less sure. than than what it should be. Uh, but you don't have to try too hard with X. I mean, you, you can yeah, just kind of plug and play. No, no, okay. no. It's I mean, it's it's like anything. If if you don't kind of pump yourself up and 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 you know take it seriously, then people can see that. I sure, sure, I think. Yeah. Then you can, when you see those performances and there's like, mm, you're phoning that in. Yeah. And, and we take it real seriously. <clears throat> Which is um, great to hear. Yeah, it is. And I think we're going to, we're talking about re-recording some of the old songs. So maybe that'll be the, gate, the gateway. Because certainly Xene and I have written some songs that could be interpreted by X. Right. Um, her last record had, had a few of them. They just had, needed to be speeded up and... and Sung a little harder, and and I've I've had I always have at least two or three songs yeah. on every record that could be X songs. So. songs. That's exciting. It's a cool way of yeah, yeah. kind of going in. But <clears throat> nothing else, like you said, keeps the door open. With with what you're working on with the solo thing now, um, you know, are, are are you finding the themes that are going there? I mean, for you, this at this point in your career, you've been doing this. I don't know how many years. I mean, uh, a lot. Well over a few <laughs> at this point. Does the writing ever become easier? Do you say, you know, I kind of know myself and I know what to do. Do you have to look hard for the themes and for the passions in a song? Because there's only so many ways you can write a love song, True. I imagine. True. So. Uh, well, the last record was, was the first record that, that who, the, the narrator actually got loved back. <laughs> <laughs> Where there was, it was not just a sad part of the love song. And I would say for the last 15, yeah, maybe 15 years, yeah. uh, there was a lot of sadness. And, and I finally, you know, just life uh, has a way of working out. And, and um, I found a, a rewarding relationship. And so the last record was, was much more satisfied and, mm -hmm. and, and a, a little happier. And, and, uh, and that's harder, actually. It was harder to figure out how to do that and not be soft and sure. not be, you know, weak and, and, and still have some edge and, and power and things like that, things that, you, that I look for. And, um, so that, I mean, it's, uh, being unhappy is a great source of, of material, but I'm glad that I, I'm not going to just 
be a sad sack. Well, it's usually a death stab when an artist gets happy, but Keeper was a great record. Like, you, you kind of figured that out. You figured out how yeah. to do it. Yeah, but, um, and that, that's why it's taking a little longer. You know, when, when I was truly miserable, it was like every two years, pow, sure. pow. Right there it was. But, um, yeah, it's, it's better to have a challenge. Yeah. And, and um, sometime, like, in the mid-90s, late-90s, I started working from melody more than mm -hmm. from lyrics and chord changes. And that was something different. And so, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm looking for some other people to inspire me to. Yeah. You find any uh, strength in politics these days? And that was always a big thing back on the X days, and and, and it's still in the solo records too. There's a lot of source material out there right now. Oh my lord! There always is. Yeah, I'm engaged, but it's just on on a big picture. It's really hard not to be sure. completely <laughs> pissed off and 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 just demoralized yeah. because it's big money. It's big money. It's corporate. It's it's bigger than us. And and uh, how do you beat it? <laughs> I mean, I I, I'm guessing you don't have a lot of optimism for 2016. I don't. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, I'll do my part, and uh, I don't know how you beat it. You just be a better person, and and you and you change, you know, from within. I mean, luckily there's there's some ethics in food, and there's some ethics in clothing, mm -hmm. or there's becoming, you know, and, and people are trying to to wear clothes that are that last rather than just. Buying them from you know Sri Lanka because that house is caving in right. literally, right. and um, same with food. You know people are thinking about food and where is it grown and how far did it come from and do you really have to have peaches in the winter? No, you can. They're from Chile <laughs> right. and they taste right. terrible, but <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, so you just I, have to keep talking, and hopefully, it picks up steam. I think, some so, of yeah, the yeah. I think so. You know, and that's that's always been the way. You yeah. know, what did the hippies bring us? Wheat bread. <laughs> you, got, you got some pretty decent bread in the supermarket, right? You know, so. that was kind of it. Uh, the other side of that that I wanted to get back to, um, and I, you know, I mentioned something. I pick up with you in a couple personal conversations is how much it seems like you push for equality in music, and not just because a lot of your duet partners happen to be uh, female, mm -hmm. uh, but there seems to be something there that you're trying to make that a, a little bit of a bigger push to make sure, because there are lots of great artists out there, I guess, that uh, yeah. maybe don't get the spotlight. Do you think that's because of the gender or...? Or yeah. just because they're being overlooked. I do. I think, it's, I think it's. I think all. I mean, business. I work in public radio, so maybe I, I can't see that the same way. You know, yeah. St. Vincent's on heavy rotation at WFBK, so it's really not I a problem. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, I put her as one of the top five living guitarists in the game right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that would be another uh, goal of mine is to get her to John play. John Doe and Annie Clark play and sing on oh. something. I saw that David Byrne and and St. Vincent show. Yeah. It's incredible. So good. Yeah, I checked that so out. So good. It was, uh, you, as a musician, you walk out of something like that and you go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, can I, what can I offer? I'll never have dance steps. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think I want to see John Doe dancing like in that, in that sort of way. Awesome. <laughs> no. <clears throat> um, but the equality thing, yeah. Why, why do you think that, that is? I think, there, I think there is no there's very little equality in every business. Yeah. Whether it's movies, music, art world, literary world—I mean, it, it's just endemic. It's and it's—I'm not depressed by it, but I—I mm -hmm. I think that was one of the greatest things that punk rock did. There was uh, punk rock wasn't just uh, 
women as window dressing. Women were playing drums and women were playing guitar. And yeah. Because everyone said, I can do that. Sure, I'll give it a shot, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really strange because, you know, I, I saw the Breeders when they did their, um, like, 20th anniversary of Last Splash. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, wasn't, wait a minute, wasn't indie rock at that point pretty even, like men and women? And the Breeders it seemed like were, that way, yeah. And then, like, is it still? Well, then, then, you took a, then you took a post-grunge and all that <clears throat> stuff that took over yeah. with the late 90s, and that was, was very anti-female. It almost seemed like that was right. you know, barbarian uh, yeah. to a point. But, uh, I, I mean, I feel like there's uh, all the innovators in my head right now at the game. I mean, more than half of them, uh, I think, would be, uh, would be girls. Yeah. The, you know, the St. Vincent's and the Toon Yards and, and, and on and on. Even uh, Kathleen Edwards, her last yeah. record was great yeah. and a huge step for her. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, she's she's good, and and uh, obviously Nico Case is mm -hmm. you know completely blown up. So, yes, white flag. I will continue. Yeah, you know. I, Although I, I don't I think they're like... doing anything right now, but I guess <clears throat> Slater Kinney's getting back together. So. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Twentieth anniversary tour. Wow. They're gonna be doing a thing. Maybe we can get it. Be all the out. Portlandia fans <laughs> going to see. <laughs> like, why are there all these old people? Why are all these young Who people they? coming to see us? Yeah, good for them. John Doe back in a 2014 interview there. Now, you can find the video version of that on, uh, on YouTube. And in fact, if you do, uh, search for it and you'll see that it's titled Part 1 Music because uh, Part 2 actually centers around movies. Uh, John Doe, the actor, and he teams up with Louisville filmmaker Archie Borders to talk about the, uh, the movie they had done at that time, Pleased to Meet Me. Uh, I'll let you search for that one. It doesn't really fit in this series right here, but it's a fantastic conversation in itself. So once again, I want to say thanks to John Doe, and especially thank you to you for checking out this uh, this interview here. Uh, before you get out of here, if you're not a subscriber, I hope you got inspired to hit that subscribe button. Again, you can find us uh, all the major hotspots, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just hit subscribe. We'll get uh, new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists, discover new ones, know what's happening in the music world. After that, head to WFPK.org org where i do a show monday through friday at 6 p.m eastern it's an hour full of song premieres and music news and anniversary spins and bonus interviews too again that's wfpk.org consequence of sound they've got your music and film news you can also find me on uh, all the major social media platforms at kyle meredith i do hope you like and follow along in the appropriate spots and that does it for another edition i'm kyle meredith i'll see you next time Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris. The list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.